we've talked about how we as individuals can find peace. We've learned from the lessons on the Sermon of the Mount. And I'm going to cover the probably very large topic, but I will not speak for 49 minutes, on how can we bring peace to our communities so that people around us can thrive. So, next slide, please. You know when you find out about something and then you're just not sure if everybody else already knows about it? So, Blue Zones, do you know about them? Can you just say that a bit louder? Oh, well, get up with it, everyone. Everyone knows about Blue Zones. So I found out about Blue Zones two whole weeks ago. And uh, I absolutely love the idea of it. What it is, a Blue Zone is an area where people have exceptional longevity. And why they're called Blue Zones, because I always like to know that, is somebody in Sardinia, a researcher, was in Sardinia and noticed that there were a lot of centagenarians. See, I said it. Centagenarians there, an unusually high population. So he started to do some research. And then he got a map of Sardinia and he put a blue dot where there were um, a high area of longevity. And then that has now been a worldwide survey And did you know, we know life expectancy varies, don't we? Sadly, we know it even within our own city in Bristol. It's one of our heartaches that people from this postcode might live several years less than people just down the road, which frankly seems criminal. Um, So we know some of those things. But I always thought genetics were a massive factor. Turns out it's only 30% of what affects how long you live. Is that good news for you? It's good news for James, because your parents are frankly ancient, aren't they? (laughs) In a lovely way. Um, So the great news is for me, because my parents sadly are no longer alive, um, it only counts for 30%. And through researching these um, zones, these blue zones, they identified four key factors. Diet and exercise, obvious, isn't it? I think we'd all agree with that. But the other two really fascinated me. First of all, the right outlook. Now, that is a code for spirituality, but of course you can't kind of say that sort of stuff, can you? So right outlook, I hope you're all secretly feeling quite pleased here, because that's us, isn't it? Um, Is do we have a reason to live? Do we have hope? Do we feel we've got a mission? And two of the communities, one was Catholic and one was Seventh-day Adventist. I didn't look at all of them, because... I've got a job. Um, And uh, so actually, faith is a massive part of what causes you to live longer. Tick be good for us. It gets better, everybody. The next thing is the right tribe. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking by the right tribe, but that's basically your community. A lot of these communities were very either isolated or very sort of bordered, so it was easy to see who was in their tribe. But basically, your family, your relationships um, really make a difference to how long you live. And I'm thinking, again, great news for us. We're the community church, everybody. I reckon just go and stand by our logo will probably just give you an extra five years life just doing that. But it really made me think a little bit deeper. If we're talking about how do we be peacemakers, people that bring shalom, This is something that should interest us. Flourishing is very important. So next slide. I'm just going to do a bit of a recap on shalom. Dave said really helpfully last week that the English word peace has to do a lot of heavy lifting. For us, we often think peace is the absence of difficulties. 
But in the Bible, it really does mean it's the presence of things. It's the presence of wholeness, restoration, and well-being. There's a brilliant um, video. I mentioned this on Tuesday at Going Deeper. There's a brilliant video on um, the Bible Project about peace, and it's only five minutes, which meets my criteria of watchability. And um, it says that if you use shalom as a verb, it means to restore and to repair. And they gave an example, like if your donkey, for example, breaks down your neighbor's fence, you would shalom it. So let's all do a bit of shaloming. So I thought it would be great for us just to look at that verb. How do we work together with God to shalom our tribe? So what can we contribute? Could could I have the next slide, please? Thanks. Um, I love this. This is the school St. Mary Redcliffe's motto, um, that the glory of God is human beings fully alive, that that is God's glory. And I think that's such a lovely phrase. So how do we contribute to the glory of God and to our fellow person in helping them be fully alive? I mean, just to be completely basic, the food bank is obviously a key thing. I mean, that is terrible, isn't it, that we've got some people who haven't got the basic needs. And again, the single parents is a lovely thing of blessing our community. It's quite a big subject, this, about how we can contribute to our community. So I'm going to look at the Bible. What does... Oh, I need to move the mic up. Thanks. I got right told off last time. I don't, is Paul Lip here? He's not, is he? <laughs> Thank you. Is that okay? That's better, isn't it? Thank you, everybody. Um, actually, that's one of the proverbs coming up next, that you heed guidance. I just did that right there, didn't I? So I thought, let's have a look at proverbs. So here we go, everyone. I think we all get the feel of this one. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. I mean, amen to that. Who's ever had a tense family meal? Well, I mean, it would be probably better to say who has never had a tense family meal. Um, a meal with bread and water is contented peace. In contented peace is better than a banquet spiced with quarrels. It's a good one. Hot tempers start fights. A calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. Isn't that lovely? Friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. I mean, amen to that. Aren't friends and family a gift? The greedy and grasping person destroys community. Those who refuse to exploit live and let live. And, as I've just demonstrated, listen to good advice if you want to live well, an honored guest among wise men and women. So that's a good start, isn't it? But there's more. The second thing that I learned from my children, apart from the St. Mary Redcliffe motto, was the golden rule. Who knows about the golden rule? I'm really glad. I thought it was just me. So the golden rule is a thing in the Bible. Here it is. Get ready, everybody. You're going to be thrilled with this. The golden rule is a phenomenon for this verse. Did you know this? Yes, you did, didn't you? Have anyone done GCSE, RE here? Um, So it says here, basically, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
And in the Bible, Jesus said, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. I've got to be honest, I don't like this. Um, Isn't it hard sometimes to be a Christian? Most of the time, I really love being a Christian. But sometimes, I'm only being honest here, it's really hard, isn't it? And I want to give you an example in my life where the light bulb on this really ping. So I was at work. It was lunchtime. I was working at a pharmaceutical factory, and I was taking a stroll around the outside. And my boss was out for a jog. So I said to him as he went by, nice running. Do you know what he did next? I I mustn't do it. He, He gesticulated in a rude way back at me. Yes, he did. I was so indignant. I thought, what was that about? I was only being nice. Anyway, there I was. I got right on my high horse. I thought, well, that's an absolute disgrace. I'm sure that's breaking many HR rules. What he's just done, it wasn't on the side. Anyway, I think you can sense the annoyance. And so I'm walking back to site, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I bump into another colleague who, bad news, everyone's a Christian. I say, you will never guess what has just happened to me. (laughs) And expecting him to think that's an absolute disgrace. You know, he said, Sally, Sally, what do you think is going on in that guy's life that he did that to you? I think you can feel the wind going out my indignant sails. (laughs) I just was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I think this for us is, I mean, well, how many times have we experienced this? Our children being really annoying, I mean, really annoying, possibly horrible, and work colleagues, neighbors, and you think, well, that's not acceptable, and then you think, hang on a minute, what's going on with them? And for me, I think this is such a key thing for a peaceful community, that we try and put ourselves in other people's shoes. And the writer, um, Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Church and The Purpose Driven Life, which has sold, I suppose, billions of copies, he said that he used to believe life was a series of blessings, struggles, blessings, struggles. But now he realizes, basically, it's all everything at once. You get all your blessings, all struggles, all at the same time. And I think that's so true, isn't it? Life is so complicated. Um, and actually, we don't know what's going on with other people, do we? So if they choose to make a rude gesture at you, sometimes you just have to take it on the chin. So um, I don't know if you know about um, Stephen Covey has written The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders. Yes, I know. I've had a training course on it. Um, (laughs) You can perhaps score me on that afterwards. Um, But his, well, frankly, habit five, and it would have been much higher for me, is seek first to understand than to be understood. I mean, we see that, don't we, modeled so much by Jesus. When people approach him, he asks a question first, doesn't he? So I think for me, one of the big things we can do is take the advice of the golden rule and try and put ourselves in other people's shoes. So if you're struggling with this, let's have a look at what God's example is to us. Um, There was a German theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, 
who actually I should have bought the book because it's really small and I don't want you thinking I'm reading theology books. It's actually a really small book. Um, he wrote a brilliant book in 1939 called Life Together. And in 1939, he saw that Germany was just becoming a place where you couldn't be weak. And he was thinking about how could those opposed to the Nazi regime have any sort of resistance? Because, of course, they had to be so careful about that. But he knew that there was resistance through the body of Christ. So he wrote this book about how that body could grow in solidarity and unity. And this is his advice. Here we go. I mean, these are biggies, and I find this so helpful in my own life. I mean, we receive such mercy, don't we, from God, that if we can't then pass it on to our brother and sister, something's wrong. And again... And I find this also really helpful. I know I've been forgiven. I seek forgiveness from God so much. So if I do that and know that it is there readily available for me, I should be ready to give it out to my brother and sister. And that's not even mentioning how much love we receive from God, how much grace we receive. I think these are really quite challenging words, but they are wonderful, aren't they? And I absolutely love that phrase there. Your life as a Christian should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. If that's not a challenge, I don't know what is. But isn't that wonderful? Because we are acting counterculturally. Because we're not going back to our boss and saying, I'm going to raise a HR case against you. Or even we're not, you know, sometimes we have to take things on the chin, won't we? So I just want to start to end. Because um, we know that there is a real value of being a shalom maker in our tribe. And also, I don't really want to overwhelm you because sometimes it feels like there's a lot of stuff we're trying to do. Um, Because we are not doing this in our own resource. I love that verse in the Bible that, and actually I think you're going to sing the song, um, that God is working in all things for our good. And that is the plural R. That is not the individual R. God is working in all things. There's a reason why we're in our different tribes, why we're in our workplace, why we're in um, a certain social group, why we're in a sports group, why we're in a family. There's a reason. God has placed us there. And I think we can be assured that he will equip us. We are authorized to be there. We are commissioned and we are resourced to be in that place. We can invite the Holy Spirit. Dave spoke so brilliantly how it is a gift of peace that Jesus gives us. And so we have that that gift. So when we feel powerless, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. So I know in my own life that's the only way I've managed lots of relationships that are difficult. By praying about them, by bringing them to God. By talking with lovely friends, by fellow Christians. So the Holy Spirit gives us all that we need. So I wanted really for us to perhaps have a chance to think about some of the things that I've said before I pray. For us to think, you know, are there relationships, communities, things that we're really struggling with? So I just wondered if we might have a little minute of silence to just lift before God 
some of our tribes that are causing us hurt. Give thanks for the tribes which are causing us joy. Um, And then I'll close in prayer. Lord, thank you for placing us in this community. Lord, we just thank you for the gift that you freely give us of peace. Lord, show us what this gift can mean where we're placed. Lord, give us wisdom in struggles, Lord, with our relationships, with our colleagues, with our family. And Lord, we really ask that you would soften our hearts, Lord, where they've become hardened towards you, Lord, and towards our fellow humans. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for where we have not acted well. And Lord, I ask that you would just open our eyes to what you are doing in our communities, Lord. And I would ask, Lord, that you would comfort us when we feel overwhelmed. When it feels too much, where we don't feel equipped or resourced. Lord, I just ask that you would show us where you are working. Lord, give us the resources we need where we are. And Lord, we ask for you to send your transforming spirit, Lord, into our hearts and minds. In your precious name, amen.